I've been inspired, like like many people, you know, by conversations that I've had with with uh, with my friends, with family, and when they when in the middle of the conversation they've they've literally hit me with this bombshell of a question or an idea, and I will stay stuck on that for ages. So I think two months ago I was in Austin. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. Shout out to Eli. And he proposed an idea. He asked me what I thought about someone. And I said, no, don't like them. And they're like, oh, even though blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no. Um, I know myself. I know that I'm very counterculture. And if a lot of people say yay about something, I'm usually the first to take the opposing point of view and say nay. Um, and then look into why I feel that way. Perhaps it's also this idea of intuition, not just counterculturalism. But I found myself disagreeing. So Eli asked me, why? Why do you disagree? And I uh, laid out my thoughts and he says, yes, 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 yes. But don't you think that this person has had a net benefit? You know, if we talk about like the totality of this person's influence on the world, do you think net positive or net negative? What do you think? And that got me stuck for a long time, a long time. The reason why is because I think that no matter which way you spin it, you can always justify someone's had net positive um, influence on the world. Like even the worst event that you can think of will respond in a reaction from the world and a memory in the world that leads to that not happening uh, happening again or the value of of you know um, learning that lesson. And so it could be a net positive rather than a net negative. It depends on how long the time frame is. It, it would also come back down to zero. And I thought about this long and hard. And I think I've, I've come to my own conclusions about this, which is just a very simple point of the means don't, uh, the means influence us more than the ends. And so it's more to this point of like, Net positive or net negative is looking at the impact or the effect, but the way to get there matters as well. The way to get there matters. So at this point in time, we were talking about Jay Shetty. And if you don't know, like I made an episode on Jay Shetty uh, called The Cookie Thief uh, way long time ago, maybe two, three years ago, um, where we talked about the story about Jay Shetty being called out for uh, plagiarizing and plagiarism. And while you know, he's never really copped to it or anything like that. He started off with this idea of um, writing up quotes and wisdom and then putting his name underneath it, even though people called him out for it. He carried on going. Um, and eventually, you know, he changed it all around where he started putting the appropriate name under the quote. You know, and he was like, oh, my mission is to share wisdom. It doesn't matter where it comes from, it's just wisdom. And I've got an issue with this because wisdom out of context is still a problem. Because we can then just take a quote and use it to justify ourselves rather than challenge ourselves. So again, the way that we're doing this matters. The way that he was doing this also mattered. Um, there was a time where he was also selling like his wisdom course or something like that. There's there's been people picking it apart online because you'd pay a lot of money and you get very very little in return, very bad service, and uh, it was a complete cash grab. He you know the estimations were that he made a million easy. Um, you know, his books and all of his things that are out there at the moment as well, like think like a monk where 
there aren't actually records of him spending any time as a monk. You know, the only thing that he's got to show for it, and I'm open to being wrong about all of this, but the idea is that, you know, the burden of proof is on him, you know, and if he wants to make claims, like, great, um, extreme claims require extreme proof. So, great, show us the proof. You know, show us that you were a monk, more than just a photograph of you wrapped in an orange scarf, which is, to my knowledge, and um, the people making the uh, the claims at the time, it was their their claims as well so anyway so you know eli challenged me on this and said well does hasn't he had a net positive effect on the world and i think my answer to that would be sure yes net positive effect why because he's bringing more wisdom into the world but the way that he's getting there is deceitful in a sense you know if he spent a year as a monk three years as a monk and then he writes a book called Think Like a Monk. Well, he's not a monk. And he's not a monk today. He literally gave up being a monk to be rich, essentially, to live in our world. And he gets paid a lot of money, a lot of money. His speaking gigs, everything that he does, the attention that he gets, he's a public figure. He makes money, I'm telling you now. And the simple idea is that the way that he does it is to take on one personality. And for me, I, I have a problem with that. I, I have a process issue with that. The way that that's being done is not great. But the issue with that is that there isn't an alternative. It's the same as Andrew Tate. Like, I'm not a fan of Andrew Tate. And again, the guy was like, why? What's the problem? And I'm like, well, the simple matter is the way that he positions himself. It's not necessarily the message that he's got. You know, there are young men that are looking for like a strong figure to influence them. Absolutely. As like a father, like a mentor, like a big brother, whatever you want to call it. Sure. But the way that he does it and the way that he positions himself uh, very aggressively, you know, very much like it's all about fighting and things like that. Um, and not, not just physical fighting, but like fighting for what you want and fighting, you know, like that can lead to a lot of difficulty because it's out of context for a lot of guys as well. And I'm aware that there isn't necessarily like, a strong other to point people at. You know, what what is a better role model than Andrew Tate for a lot of these 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 guys out there that are going through these issues? I don't know. I can't point at it, but I still take issue with the process. What is the process? And so this is where we get into the meat and potatoes of today's session, today's episode. We're talking about this idea of the law of attraction, or another way to say it as well as manifestation. So manifestation, what's the difference between law of attraction and manifestation? The key difference that they say is that law of attraction is that positive thoughts bring positive rewards, negative thoughts bring negative rewards. Well, manifestation involves making anything into a reality by using your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs. Okay, so both of these in my in my mind and um, to everything that I know, is complete nonsense. And let me share with you why. If we take it to the extreme version, all right? So I want you to imagine that someone is manifesting as much as they want, right? So they're manifesting their reality. Okay, why isn't everyone a billionaire? Because I, I, like, I understand that money doesn't necessarily bring happiness. Still want money. You know, because money brings agency and allows you to create happiness in your surroundings. 
you know, if you have more money, you can benefit the people around you. Absolutely, 100% agree with that. So why wouldn't you point your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs at that? Why aren't more people millionaires if manifestation works? And then law of attraction as well. Law of attraction, let's take it to the extreme. Why aren't more people millionaires, billionaires, based on manifestation? As a matter of fact, when you get to the millionaires and the billionaires and you ask them about manifestation, they'll tell you a different story. You know, go and check out some of the interviews by Noah Kagan, um, where he literally interviews people who have made money, lots of money, and ask them, like, where does it come from? Where does it come from? And it's this mixture between hard work, um, opportunity taken as well, and, you know, just the value systems that they've put in place. That's not to say that they're good people or anything like that, but to say that it's manifestation, they won't say it's that. They won't say it's law of attraction. So once again, let's take it back down to the other the other side of the spectrum. Manifestation, to put their thoughts, feelings, uh, beliefs into something, like why are there so many people in poverty if manifestation exists? And then more to the point, if law of attraction, if you think negative, you're going to get negative results. If you think positive, you're going to get positive results. If this is true, why, you know, what did children with bone cancer do to manifest bone cancer? What do babies, you know, dying of cholera uh, manifest or, you know, attract to themselves? What about countries? Why is it that countries are richer and poorer than others? Is it because they're they're manifesting this? Is it because they're attracting this with their, you know, collective negative thoughts? If this is true, take it to the extreme and ask yourself how comfortable you are with this me- mechanism. And there we've got the foundation for my belief. Manifestation is and law of attraction is complete garbage. Complete garbage. So what is working there? There's there's always a grain of truth in every in every kind of like misguided system or misguided belief. You know, just like with Jay Shetty, there is a truth to the idea of like, well, wisdom is needed in the world. 100 percent I agree. 100 percent I agree. But the way that he's putting it out there doesn't really help anyone. And actually, I challenge you to look at some of the videos that he's made. And if you see the videos that he's made, they're they're some of the most ridiculous things out there. Like, you know, I I I don't even want to get into the Jay Shetty thing. Just take a look at some of his videos and ask yourself if you agree with these principles that these people deserve this or these people are actually going to behave like this. Um, but let's take it back. What is really going on with manifestation with law of attraction is two things. Number one is attribution theory. If you've heard of attribution theory, it's this idea that people attribute success or failure to um, different things in life, depending on what they're paying attention to. So attribution theory, for example, if I'm on time for an appointment, it's because I am a punctual person. I'm, you know, successful in this situation, why? Because that is a quality of my character. I'm I'm earlier on time for this appointment. Why? Because I'm I'm a punctual guy. And if I'm late, well, that's not because of my quality. That's because there was traffic. You know, there was a condition, the environment out there. That's attribution theory. The idea of what we assign success or failure to is important. And there are way too many people out there in my life that I know that are attributing like success and failure in their life to things outside themselves or, you know, well, largely 
because of law of attraction or manifestation. Like, oh, I just manifested this thing. Did you know? Okay, all right. So number one is that they're attributing it to their, you know, their want or their desire for a particular thing or their focused thoughts on these particular things. So this is this is really the second point, and this is really where we're coming from, is this idea of focused attention. Okay. Focused attention. Where in a world I say to you, oh, have you noticed how many red cars there are? Once you put your focus on it and you start noticing all the red cars, guess what? You're going to see a lot of red cars, more so than you noticed previously. Your focused attention is really in- insanely strong. Now, if you if you notice um, when people do these types of things as well with manifestation, law of attraction, they're like, I want to be rich. I want to be really rich. All that that does is position yourself to a point where you're focusing on lack as well. I want to be rich. So therefore, right now, I'm not rich. If I say I want to be rich, it must mean then that I'm poor. And so you might pay attention to all the ways that you're poor and you're not rich. And you might see all the things that you want outside of yourself. You're literally focusing on lack a lot of the time, the way that you actually word this element. Okay. So you might say, well, Justin, then law of attraction and manifestation could work if we just word it better. Like I want to be richer than I am now. Sure. Absolutely true. You know, but what you just did was you looked inside and you asked yourself a question. And I'm sure you've heard this before. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask yourself. So, you know, ask yourself better questions. So I would also recommend that you stop focusing on lack and you start focusing on presence. What in my life do I have that is phenomenal? So I work on a couple of things. What do I want to turn up in my life? So sure, I want more money. That already says that I've got a certain amount of money and I want to bring more money in. So asking myself a question of like, well, how much money do I want to be happy, to feel like I want to feel? And you'll probably find that there's a mixture of there is going to be a tipping point where more money is not going to equal, let's say, more happiness, more success, uh, sorry, more security. But the idea is also that, um, you know, you need to address something in yourself of that security where you think money, an external thing, is actually going to soothe a need or a concern that you have. And you need to be able to face that fear, face that concern and be like, it's okay if I don't have money to face this concern. So we need a bit of a mixture of both the internal and the external. And that's why I have a huge belief in harmonizing, making sure you're harmonizing your internal world with your external world. So it comes back down to asking yourself better questions, ones that make you accountable for everything that you are experiencing, good or bad. So the question is, is like, well, I want more money. Okay, well, what can I do in order to make more money in a way that matters to me? And will that money be enough to make me feel like I'm rich enough as well? So these are the questions to focus on. If you're like, well, I don't want to feel this pain. Okay, great. Well, what does this pain represent to me? Like, how can I stop feeling this pain? Um, how much of the outside world and the inside world is really influencing me right now? So once again, it just comes back down to these thoughts on manifestation or law of attraction that willing yourself into something or just seeing that, oh, you know, if I'm a positive person, then I will attract positivity to me. 
not necessarily, you know, good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Even though I don't necessarily believe that there are bad people, there's just people trying to, you know, justify themselves, their value. There, there is this inherent thing in it where can you look at the internal world and ask yourself questions to challenge yourself, take responsibility for yourself. And can you ask questions about the outside world, strategies, things that you can notice about the outside world that can then actually give you what you want as well. So there we go. I hope that this has been interesting. Let me know what you think as well. Respond to me, talk to me. Let's open the conversation up. Because like I said, this all came out of one conversation that I had with Eli, where he said net positive or net negative. And I honestly, I was a bit stumped on that. And I had to spend some time thinking, what do I really feel about net positive and net negative? The answer is that everything is going to be net positive. Absolutely everything. Because even the worst things imaginable, like an atomic bomb bomb dropping, we're going to learn from. And it's going to have a positive effect on future generations because they're going to know, don't do that. Don't push that boundary. We've seen the effects of this in the past. Um, so there's it, the answer is always net positive. But the means matter. Means matter. How you get there matters. And so I'll leave you with this one thought. Law of manifestation. And in my initial problem with this, this law of attraction manifestation is this idea of who cares? Who cares whether or not you know you're putting your focused attention in the wrong places or you're attributing it to the wrong thing if you're living a good life and you're doing it well? And I say again, it comes down to the extremes. So if I told you that there I'm going to start a church, the church of exercise, where Every time you exercise and you feel that rush of endorphins, you know, the release of serotonin and all of that, like the good feelings that you get after exercise, that is literally God's love channeling through you. You know nothing about anatomy or hormones in the body, but I'm telling you now that that is God's love. So if you exercise, you get you, you get to feel God's love. Okay, that, that could be... Very interesting for people, quite motivating for people to actually get up and exercise and you know feel God running through them and oh wonderful, wonderful, fantastic. But we take it to the extremes. So let's take it to the extreme. If you if you think that that's how it works, then we can also see when you are in a place where you haven't exercised for a while, it's almost like God doesn't love me. And how does that feel to be abandoned by God? Instead of thinking, oh, there's a switch in my body that if I exercise, I release these chemicals. Why? It doesn't have to challenge faith or anything like that. It's God made me like that or science made me like that, whatever you want to believe. But the mechanism works like that. Not, oh, if I do this, then God is going to bless me with these feelings. So somehow, if I'm not feeling this thing, if I don't exercise, that God hates me. So if if I'm in an accident where I'm in a bed for weeks on end and I can't exercise, it's because God has turned his back on me. Or likewise, the opposite. Imagine someone who just wants to feel more and more of God's love. So they exercise 16 hours a day. 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Then we start to get cardiac arrests, you know, adrenal fatigue, like all the all the things that will come from just exercising way too much, joints issues. You know, let's say the body starts cannibalizing itself, can't keep up. 
I think the biggest one is probably going to be like a rhabdomyosis, you know, where the kidneys, um, where you start peeing like black because what ultimately happens is um, your muscles break down and it goes into the bloodstream and your kidneys filter that and you're literally peeing out your muscles. Yeah, not so great. Not so great. Well, if you understand the mechanisms of exercise, of physical fitness, great. You don't need to tie it together in an incorrect fashion with God because the net positive of that church of exercise is going to be positive. More people are going to get fit, absolutely. More people are going to be feel fulfilled spiritually as well as they're touched by God's love, so to speak. But by misunderstanding the mechanism, we open ourselves up to exposure, the negatives. People don't exercise. People who exercise too much and how much that impacts them as well and how that impacts how we make rules and ideals around it as well. You know, so we start to force people to exercise, you know. So once again, means matter. It matters that we understand the mechanism going on as well. And don't and don't attribute the mechanism incorrectly. That's my final thought. And there we go. Yes. Very interesting topic. I loved it. I think it's fantastic. Let me know what you think. Let me know what topics you'd like to hear on this episode, on these uh, podcasts as well. And uh, until next time, my name is Justin, and I hope I've left you thinking. Ciao for now.